Welcome to the Pop My Culture Podcast. I'm Cole Stratton. And I'm Boo Radley. Oh, Boo Radley. Wait, that's that's a lot of talking for Boo Radley. Aren't you a shut-in that lives next door to Scout and Jim? Not when I'm dead. Oh, I see. I'm very chatty now. <laughs> this is Vanessa Raglan, everybody. <laughs> this is my pre-Halloween voice, but you're going to be listening to it post-Halloween, so you probably won't even get the joke. That's right. We're getting amped for Halloween right now. We're like two days ahead of it. Rock and candy. When we're recording this, but because Snorting pixies. That's right. <laughs> the <Sticks>. band. Um, <laughs> but you know, we get a little ahead of schedule sometimes with our recording, so this won't yes. be out until after Halloween. Um, I hope you guys had a fun, safe one. Yeah, exactly. But uh, we're, we haven't had ours yet. No, we're we're calling you from the past. That's right. And I'll tell you this, Vanessa, what? I've got more candy than a fat kid in a summer camp movie. <laughs> You're bulging right now. Yeah. <laughs> Cole sat go. down and it was a lot of crinkling <laughs> noises, and his socks are just very bulky. Yep. Well, thank you guys for coming to the show. We appreciate uh, it. Just a tiny bit of housekeeping, then we'll get yeah, to our fun, 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 fun guest. Yes, I'm so excited. I know. He's awesome. Uh, if you like the show, leave us a review on iTunes. It's very easy. You can just tell why you love it and then give five stars or four stars. <laughs> Lately, the functions that give less than that have been broken on iTunes, so you shouldn't even try because it can make your computer go on fire. <laughs> yep. So, oh. I think they bought it. I think they Thanks. bought it. V. I think you're good. They couldn't see my shifty eyes. There you go. Uh, you can also send us an email. Info at popmyculturepodcast.com. We read them all. We'll reply to them all. And uh, anything uh, you want to let us know. Yeah, it's great. We've got some great guest suggestions and great feedback. And uh, we're always open to what you guys have to say because you're the reason we're doing it. So yep. let us Help you help us. And speaking of doing it, we'd like Sex. to continue to do this show. Oh. <laughs> I knew you were going to go there. Um, uh, we are we're able to do this based on uh, your donations. Thank yes. you guys so much for helping us. You know, we have fees to, you know, keep Hosting our website up website. and host it and all that stuff. Not like host the show, but yeah. like oh, put yeah. the show up online. <laughs> Cole and I take a hearty sum for every show. <laughs> so uh, any little bit helps. Everybody there is does. a donate button on our website. Popmyculturepodcast.com. And if you do donate, we will give you a shout out on a future episode. Mm. Mm-hmm. We're actually recording these back-to-back with another one, so we uh, will do our shout-outs no to the next episode. Uh, so get ready for that, you guys. And you can say in your donation uh, how you would like us to thank you. We have some characters we will reprise and things like that. So if you have a very specific request, like a fancy escort, we're here to cater to your particular <laughs> needs. But no kissing in the mouth. No. <laughs> um, we can't fall in love. That's right. Uh, also, we have T-shirts on our website. Yep. You can put them on your body. Uh, they look great. They're really super comfortable. Um, Designed by Dave Perillo. Yeah, made Dave by Perillo. Headline Tees. They're great. They're beautiful. Also, if you uh, you may have listened to the audio of our Stars of TGIF But episode. have you seen the audio? <laughs> uh, the whole thing was shot in high-definition video by the folks at Daily Motion. Uh, so the entire episode is up there if you'd like to see the hilarious uh, muggings of Reginald Vell Johnson and, and Stuart Pankin. It really is worth like just watching them fall in love with each other yeah, on it's, stage. It's the video great. is worth it. So it's up there in three parts. Uh, if you just go to Daily Motion, I believe it's just DailyMotion.com yep. or DailyMotion.us or something. But just look 
look it up and type in pop my culture, you'll find it. Um, and uh, the whole thing's up there in its entirety. So, so you can hang out with us. Very chilly. Yep. And you can see what we look like finally Ugh. if you've never Googled it. Uh, Not good, you guys. So I've got to just keep your expectations low. <laughs> All right. Well, I let's, think we did it. I think we did it. Let's uh, get to our hilarious guest, shall we? Yes, please. Here we go. Bye. Our guest today is a fantastic stand-up comedian, podcaster, um, man about town. Uh, you know him from uh, Doug Loves Movies, uh, Dining with Doug and Karen, uh, the Benson Interruption. Doug Benson is here, everybody. Hi. Hi. How are you? <laughs> <laughs> this is great. Hi, all y'all. Um, it's a pleasure to have you. Thank you for coming. It's my pleasure to be here. I uh, meant to ask you before we started rolling, but it was parking a nightmare. Oh, it was uh, funny that I, ju- I just was laughing in my car about the potential of it being a nightmare because it's, uh, you street know, only parking. one side of the street yeah. parking right. uh, in this whole neighborhood. Yeah. And, and it's only for three hours, one of which I'm here for. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, so I was laughing about that, like... We could have scheduled this better, but then I found a spot right away. Oh, thank God. <laughs> so it all worked out. I was like, oh, might have to park a few blocks from here. Or, or, like on Melrose, I guess, and then you pay for a meter or something. And we'll Skype you in. But I, I did it. The city I found a spot. very anxious like hours before you need to worry about something. Because you're just like, I know how this is going to fuck my life up. Bad. But sometimes it doesn't. That's true. Well, let's talk a little bit about what happened at the box office this past weekend. Uh, Gravity was finally bounced uh, from the top spot by uh, a prank movie. Bad Grandpa. (laughs) Uh, It did it. It dethroned it, finally. Though Gravity still only fell off like 33% or something. It's still kicking ass. Have you guys seen Bad Grandpa yet? I have not. Or, I mean, that's what you intend to. I don't know if anyone... No, I will. I for sure will. Yeah, I haven't seen it yet either. I have mixed feelings about all the jackass uh, enterprises because I I don't really like gross out stuff, yeah. right? But I like falling down stuff. Me too. <laughs> I can't turn that off and be so like, when they fall down, it, it makes me laugh. <laughs> but when they when they throw up, I get sad. That's <laughs> the same way. I'll, I'll go back and forth and be like, "That's so funny." And be like, "Just don't, don't Come do, on. That. Yeah. do that." You're a grown up. Don't shock yourself and barf. Um, <laughs> it makes me really sad for everybody. But I. I don't laugh very much, like, just day-to-day in, like, just life-watching, except for when people fall. Like, everything else, I have, like, a little sarcastic voice or discerning, like, trying to figure it out. But if people fall, I am just happy. I'm so happy. <laughs> a lot of women probably wouldn't agree with you, because uh, women tend to, you know, grow out of that, uh, enjoying that sort of thing. But, like, l- little girls and little boys are uh, on the same page when it yep. comes to it's watching fun. someone else fall down and hurt themselves. <laughs> is hilarious. <laughs> like, my niece is always like, that was the easiest way to get them to laugh, is just pretend to f- hurt myself. Oh, yeah. You pretend to hurt yourself, you let them hurt you, you do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's the way, and like any toot joke with my nephews goes over great, but I don't like that, so I stick to physical humiliation. You don't like fart jokes? No. And you don't like the Shrek movies? Nope. <laughs> no, those are different because those are or any Or any cartoons on Nickelodeon or, or Animaniacs. <laughs> uh, Speaking of farts, of stuff. this is oh, a, yeah, it's this an is amazing transition. Have you heard about Shreddies, Doug? Shreddies are the new fart filtering underwear that has debuted. Oh, that's right. In, in London. Mm-hmm. Uh, so basically, they're made with a carbon cloth patch called Zorflex, which is sewn into the back, and it quells 200 times the average flatulence emission. 
and I'm sure it smells amazing. I love that somebody uh, did that math too for how much it quells of the ocean. <laughs> What's the quell specific. level on this? <laughs> We're 158. Not good enough. <laughs> this this is science, damn it. <laughs> What the? Uh, have you seen the, like the pictures of uh, people wearing them yeah. and smell it and like with uh, somebody's face right nearby? And it's not like I just imagined when I heard about it that it would be like granny panties kind no, of it's underwear, kind of like sexy. but it looks like kind of sexy, tight black uh, underwear. Yeah, the pictures were kind of disturbing to me because it's these sort of like hot bods with like little sporty underpants on, and it's a kind of. I mean, it's true, but it's admitting, like, admitting this thing, like, even beautiful people. We've all got problems. Well, they originally started designing them for people that had, like, gastro difficulties, like, legitimate. You've looked into this. uh, Well, I just read about it. It's, like, legitimate problems. But then they're like, but wait a second. People fart, right? Everybody does it. Cha-ching. Would you wear them? I'd wear them when I fly because walking through the airport after getting off a plane, I am just... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> Need I, to air out I'm a little Captain bit. Farty, yeah. For some reason, like, uh, or like, I, you know, I always uh, I go on the road a lot with uh, our mutual friend Graham Elwood, and he, um, like, I give him a ride home from the air. I park the car at the airport and, and pick him up. He lives in Santa Monica, so I always give him a ride home. And on that ride from the airport to uh, his place, he cannot not start letting them go. <laughs> And it's and he can never and he can and I always have to know about it because because uh, as soon as he rolls down his window oh man because we're sitting there in the air conditioning as soon as he rolls down his window I'm like oh here we go so I <laughs> so I rolled down mine and try to stick my head out but but neither one of you know a lot of guys especially in comedy like no, nothing makes him happier than to just you know be able to fart on command and then I'll, I'll laugh about it and I've never been. I've never been down with that. Mm-mm. That's never been my. Uh, it's not a nice trick. I like the noise. I just don't. I don't like everything else about it. <laughs> there's too many downsides. Like, it's just the noise. I'm fine. But uh, unfortunately, yeah, there's a there's a downside. It's very revealing too. Yeah. It feels like everyone's going to find out you're rotting secretly. Yeah, Chris Hardwick claims that he's never farted in front of his uh, model girlfriend of two years, and I believe it because I've had girlfriends I I never farted in front of. And she has a very beautiful body. It would be like, <laughs> be like I can't, I can't even. This is going to make me clench very tight. <laughs> you have to find someone you can really let yourself go in front of. That's yeah, I think done. that's who you're supposed to marry or something. <laughs> that's a forever kind of love. So there, like, there, I don't respect There is you. something you said about keeping some of the mystique alive even after mm-hmm. you're married. It's like, feel free to go in there and shut the door and do whatever you're going to do. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. John Isn't just pulled crazy? up a... <laughs> butt sniffing kind of Labrador yeah. retriever. <laughs> I'll, I'll, I'll sniff her butt. <laughs> Everybody's lining up. I, to I'm sniff in. That. Even if the quell isn't so good, that'd be a worth. funny prank. <laughs> that'd be funny for the next Jackass movies. They just tell people, "Hey, test the. We got this model, and she's, and you can smell that she. You can't smell her farts, and then you can smell them. Like she's it's, just got regular underwear. On. It's the next level of that. Um, those Febreze commercials that there people are blindfolded, and they're like, "I don't know. It smells like lavender, and maybe my." grandma's house and they take the yeah. blindfold off and it's like oh dead fish yeah they've got their the head in a pail of garbage <laughs> i'm surrounded by that commercial butts. i'm suspect of that commercial i don't i don't think that thing would work that well yeah, and, and it doesn't make everything smell great it makes everything smell like, like it was overly cleaned 
And they're too sun decorated. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, get over yourself, like dirty makers. Those people yeah. are just so excited about soiled oh, things. Yeah. <laughs> oh, we got to get rid of this banana peel smell. <laughs> Who cares? Bananas smell all right. That's okay. <laughs> Flies are a problem. <laughs> they do claim way too much. It'll be like, is this is this angel tears, angels whispers? Oh, it's a corpse. Like, <laughs> there's no way that that thing could cover up. Well, we were at Target today smelling candles, as we were wont to do. What was that one you smelled, John, that was like, this is, oh, fall leaves, falling leaves, which is like oh, a, motion a smell. strange motion <laughs> smell to capture. And it was, it didn't smell like any of my memory of when leaves are falling. You should, you should. The candle just is constantly being put out by, <laughs> by the, by the, <laughs> The whoosh of the falling leaves. People keep trying to rake the candle up into a corner. <laughs> it's a flickery, flickery candle. You should buy it and then take it back and be like, it just smells like leaves. I'm sorry. This is a pile of leaves. <laughs> I'm not impressed. They're not falling. It's just leaf smell. <laughs> you asshole. This candle leaves me <laughs> unimpressed. I want more. <laughs> mm. But it's just weird the things that they name candles in general. Like, it's fine to be like, orange of when it smells a particular like flower, a thing. right? But when it's literally like angel whispers, or like well, I remember on one of those sunsets. Um, secret millionaires. You remember that show? Where, or undercover mm-hmm. millionaire, where the bosses would go undercover as like a oh, poor person. Boss? Yeah, that's <laughs> who just happens to be a millionaire because he owns a company. Be a okay. yeah. uh, but there I was like a- the idea of undercover millionaires, <laughs> though, <laughs> even better than undercover boss. I think they, they might they just be less philanthropic. In, they philanthropic. they go into like a McDonald's and order a meal, like giggling the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> I'm really a millionaire. <laughs> I can't believe I'm doing this. I could be eating anywhere. Uh, sir, did you drop your monocle? <laughs> but anyway, this one undercover boss, the person who owns Yankee Candle was on mm-hmm. it. He was the boss that was going undercover. And like the, the first, like the cold open is him taking you into his glamorous life in the Yankee Quarter head, Yankee Candle headquarters. <laughs> <laughs> da, 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 da. Yankee Candle went to town. But they had this whole room and he's YCHQ. like, YCHQ. There you go. You're, you're familiar. You've been there. It's a bustling, bustling place. He opens this hallway door and he's like, and this is where the magic happens. And there's all these people in lab coats in front of little doors and they're like, Go and they just smell things and they close the doors. And that's how they test if the camera and they take notes like scientists. So it's, but it wasn't supposed to be funny. It was so disturbing to me. Like, so someone yuck. they they hire they had to outsource somebody to build them tiny candle rooms. Tiny in order candle rooms. We're gonna need twenty tiny candle rooms for our scientists. <laughs> they don't want to quell. They want to do something else at Yankee Candle. Overwhelm. Evoke. I don't know. Yeah, probably not overwhelmed. <laughs> yeah, you're right. Oh, this candle was overwhelming. <laughs> Pumpkin spice got it was too much. I couldn't concentrate on anything. <laughs> it was candle, I, it candle, ruined candle. my life. My entire family I smelled like sleep. candy canes for weeks. <laughs> Did you try blowing it out, sir? <laughs> no. <laughs> it's a candle. I read the back I and it to that. use it. <laughs> I like uh my favorite candle smells are vanilla and pumpkin. Mm, yeah, classic. Yeah, I'm on board with both of those. I but like just cinnamon w- and apple, too. Oh, yeah, those are good. Yeah, I like those. I like kind of like clovey. Yeah. Like the holiday smells Ooh. that they sell. Yeah. Anything floral feels wrong. Yeah, it's just like get some flower, put some flowers in the room. Yeah, you and want don't flower set them on smell. fire. Like it's the wrong smell to set on fire. The one I don't really get is like burnt flowers. <laughs> <laughs> the one I don't really get is like fresh linen 
press sheets, or I was like, why not just wash your sheets? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then you'll get that smell. Oh of God, I don't candle. have time to go to the laundromat, but light one of these up. <laughs> How am I going to replicate that sheet smell that's available to me at any time <laughs> by turning my head whilst I'm in bed? It's all just about tricking people. I've started to become really paranoid that. I'm really stinky, like a, a stinky person, because I come in and I don't think the house smells good until I open the windows. But other people in other places don't have to open the windows for their house to smell okay. What I do you guys so. think? They got those like uh, what are they? Those plugins everywhere and oh yeah, the maybe, maybe there's more plug-ins. of that going on. It just smells like stagnant and. It, I don't like well, that. if you don't have fresh air circulating, whatever you cooked last or whatever, that that everything's just lingering. Tends to linger. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I'm I'm fine with the fact that every time I go back into my home, it smells like pot. Yeah, you're like that works. I'm great. home. Yeah. I'm more likely to close windows. Just keep the smell keep in. That in here. Yeah, and I come home to falling leaf scent every day. <laughs> Um, we have to talk about the cuddle cafes. Oh yeah, this is insane. Have you heard about these new cuddle cafes that have opened in Japan, Doug? I have, and um, I just don't. I don't get it. I was watching. They did a segment on it on uh, Best Week Ever, and uh, they're all just sitting around talking about it. it's not sexual. It's just cuddling, <laughs> and it's just like, all right, well, I, cuddling is pretty sexual to me. Like, if you're cuddling with somebody, it's usually not just some random person it's that you're not going yeah, to connect to in any way. <laughs> you know, like, we're just here to hold on to each other. <laughs> this ugly platonic guy and I are going to have a little spoon fest. No, it's very disturbing. Welcome yeah. to Warm Bodies. Can I help you? Yeah, yeah. how do you not, uh, <laughs> you know, as a, as a man, how do you not get excited Right. Like, do they fall asleep, or is it is it just a, a, a wide awake cuddle? We have the whole menu up. Of well, here's like, the menu. Okay, Ugh, it's so um, upsetting. So, like, the the cheapest thing you can do is twenty minutes for three thousand yen, up to ten hours for fifty thousand. It should yen. be said at the beginning. We have no idea what a yen means, but like, they have them here now too. Yens? No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yep, our currency changed last night. I don't know if you got that. Here. I got, you guys up, are busy. Sweetheart. You guys are busy preparing your pop culture show, and you forgot to look into what's happening in the world. No, uh, <laughs> we're yens this week. Krugerrands next week. No, the best week everything was about um, some places here in in the states that are doing it. Oh, yeah, they didn't mention the, the, this one. But anyway, go go tell so, me more. So about if the you menu. um you could shimi rio, which means you're. Uh, it's a fee to pick the girl you want to sleep with instead of you being randomly assigned. And that's 1,000 yen plus 500 yen per hour. If you get to choose the particular person you are cuddling with. Oh, okay. This is 10 good. bucks. That's $1 for every 100 yen. Yeah, yens, oh. yens are crazy. There's like lots of them for even this a small is purchase. Very affordable. Yep. Uh, so here are your options. The customer can sleep in the girl's arms for three minutes for 1,000 yen. How can you even get to sleep for three minutes? I don't know. I'd be so stressed out. <laughs> girl pats customer on the back for three minutes, a thousand yen. Customer pets girl on the head for three minutes, a thousand yen. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> We're you, just friends. And you also can chew gum for $500 more. Uh, girl changes clothes one time for a thousand yen. Girl that one is customer. the most troubling. It's yeah. so much cheaper to have her change her clothes in front of you than it is for you to pat her head. Really? That's weird, right? It's the same price. Oh, I thought one was 3000 And does it say change all of her clothes or just like... Uh, Changes clothes. Keeps say the what? same underwear on. Keeps the same... Uh, shreddies. Shreddies on. <laughs> Don't change your shreddies. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to smell you as you are. 
Girl gives Ooh. customer foot massage, three minutes, 1,000 yen. Customer gives girl foot massage, three minutes, 2,000 yen. Or $2. <laughs> um, customer sleeps with head on girl's lap. Three minutes, a thousand yen. No. All of these prices should be also have a breakdown of with or without a boner. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Anything with a lap is just like there's so much, so little between your head and someone's genitals. Yeah. Like, that's not okay. And everyone's going to have a boner. Yep. Yeah, or why would they pay for this? I think so, yeah. If they're and finally, the girl sleeps with head on customer's lap is 2,000 yen. Ugh. But oh so no, all, none of those are cuddling, though, right? It's all within the cuddle. Cuddle ish. I guess. Uh, yeah. Yeah, this one here in America There's is. More hands um, on. It's like, yeah, you're like in a bed and you just you cuddle for uh, probably a more extended period of time. It's another, you, you get the rest of your ass pillow service. Yeah. <laughs> That's great. Oh, nice. I need an ass pillow. Wait, what does it mean? <laughs> What? Ass pillow service? Means you put your head on their ass oh. and use it like Aww. a pillow. <laughs> and, and look like she was wearing very, wearing very uh, comfy pajamas. Just It'd probably cuddling. be nice to put your head on, yeah. Gross. It's so, it's so weird. <laughs> oh, my gosh. People, it's so sad. I feel like everyone's so lonely at their core, like so intensely lonely. And the Internet's a huge sign of it. Cuddle cafes are a disturbing sign of it. We just want to be touched so badly. If, like, having someone pat your head for three minutes is what you need in life, like, just get a cat or something. They'll cuddle with you. They can't pat your head. They will have a claws. <laughs> you got to find a person. I like that you're being practical. <laughs> I can't, can't pull that move off. Cat can never do that. No cat I know. No, oh, some different kind of cat. I don't think I would ever go to one. I know that's shocking. I, well, I'm just fascinated by it just because, I mean, first of all, it's, it's not that expensive. But I, I don't know which, which one of those things I would do. I, I don't necessarily need my head padded or, or need to pat someone's head. Ass pillow could be. But wouldn't you just have to go uh, pay a hooker after that? I don't know. I'm I mean, so frustrated. It's a... <laughs> It's weird. <laughs> There's no getting around it. It's a weird it. thing because it's like it seems like it's more about being comforted, you yes. know, and not right. and not aroused, but. Uh, especially that massage her feet. Like, there's no guy coming in to massage some girl's feet that's also, that's not sexual that's not for him. Yeah, no, for <laughs> no, I just, you know, I just like the way they feel in my hands. And <laughs> She looks like she's had a rough day. Yeah. It's the least I could I like do. To help, I like to pay to help people. <laughs> I come from a family of podiatrists, and it just felt right. And yeah. I do have a raging boner, but that's unrelated. <laughs> Yuck. Ugh. And those, and it is sexual because they are only hiring pretty women, young pretty women. The Japan one is very young women, like disturbingly young. So that's probably a big part of it is just a chance for an older dude to be touched at all by a younger a woman, a Lolita, yeah, yeah, and not in an illegal way, I guess. It's not illegal, man. <laughs> that's always you know somebody. Well, I guess this is pot aside, but um. You know someone's up to no good when their biggest like argument for themselves is that it's not illegal. Like, that's their defense. I'm not breaking any laws. You're being really creepy. <laughs> I've heard a few people say that in the last few weeks. It's like, hey, I'm not doing anything wrong. I'm not breaking any laws. You're gross. That's what paparazzi always, always tries to stand behind is that right. it's legal yeah. to, <laughs> to just hide in the bushes and <laughs> jump, oh, jump out at Surrey Cruise. <laughs> My mistake. <laughs> <laughs> you remember that movie, Paparazzi? The one with Cole Hauser? 
No. And um, I think that's what it was called. Tom Sizemore. Tom Sizemore was in it. Yeah. And it's like... It gets violent, right? Yeah. He basically, like, he's a star or whatever. And, like, he gets... Like, his family gets hurt. Somebody's family gets hurt or whatever. So then he, like, just starts going and knocking off paparazzos. Whoa. Yeah. He was ahead of his time. Not really. I don't know. When was, it was terrible. Uh, I don't know. It was, like, early 2000s, I want to say. Oh, okay. Something like that. So it was about at the right time. It was with its time. Of its time. And it's one of the few movies that actually headlines Cole Hauser. <laughs> so there you go. He pop up in supporting roles here and there. Days and Confused, Pitch Black, things like that. But What a name. You like that name? I liked it because he's one of the few Coles I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs> so I always paid attention to it. Do you know anyone named Wings? Wings Hauser? <laughs> <laughs> was that action? Wanted Dead or Alive? Was that a Wings Hauser action flick from the 80s? Oh, he was in a bunch of stuff. A bunch of shit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, Vice Squad, I think he was in. But anyway. <laughs> I could go on. Yeah. Maybe not. Though. Enough, enough about wings. <laughs> Let's you talk about what time. Paul McCartney's doing now. <laughs> um, all right. So Doug Loves Movies, been around for a few years now. Mm-hmm. Um, and you do them live at UCB here in L.A., as well as around the country at mm-hmm. different festivals and other things here and there. What, uh, what made you decide to start it? It was um, a, there was a thing called handheld comedy. It was like a website. Speaking of things being ahead of their time, it was these guys started this website where they said, "Let's just put a bunch of comedy podcasts on this site, and people will come here, and this will be where they can get these shows, and um, and then you know eventually we'll figure out a way to monetize it. We'll like sell ads for the whole network, and you know we were all supposedly going to be cut in on all the ad revenue." And um, one of the other shows was uh, Never Not Funny, Jimmy Pardo's show. And um, there was like three or four other ones that I, I don't know if any of them are still going. But that company, like, they gave up after a while. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, well, we, you know, can't keep putting more money into this. And, you know, they weren't paying us anything. And, uh, you know, at least in my case, I was using UCB for free and uh, uh, had the same producers as uh, Never Not Funny. Uh, uh, Brian McMenamin and um, and Matt Belknap and um, they were cool with just you know keeping it going, seeing seeing where it went, you know. And you know we started selling some uh, episodes, uh, like special episodes, uh, boner apps, and uh, making a little money off of that. And then you know now, these many years later, because that was probably like six years ago now, maybe mm-hmm. seven, and uh, now. You know, we have ads and stuff, but like the real revenue for me personally is just to, uh, you know, taking it out on the road. That's what's going right. to get you on Undercover Millionaire. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of hard for me to go undercover for uh, my four or five employees that I have. <laughs> uh, Somehow hey, I Doug. feel the Undercover Millionaire podcast edition is not going to be a very long episode. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And I don't, yeah, I don't even really have Nonsense. employees. They're all just sort of like, uh, you know, partners, and, you know, in, in whatever whatever I'm doing. So, uh, did that answer your question? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so you've had pretty amazing people on there. I know getting John Lithgow was like a serious coup for you. Um, was that pretty amazing having him on? Did that was just the most random, dumb thing, which is like most things that I uh, am doing and continue to do just comes from some weird idea that I have or. And in that case, it was the year was 2010, 
And so, and John Lithgow was one of the stars of the movie 2010, the sequel to 2001, right. <laughs> Space Odyssey. And um, the late Roy Scheider was the star of it, but John Lithgow had the, probably the second biggest part. And then some like guys that played Russians, I think. There, you know, there weren't a lot of characters in it. It's kind of like Gravity. Right. And, uh, <laughs> it's a classic Gravity structure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. John Lithgow pretty much gets in this, a similar situation as Sandra Bullock. <laughs> and he's even more of a bitch about it. But, uh, <laughs> a whiny bitch. No, but, um, uh, so I just said this silly thing, like, oh, you know, because I've always loved John Lithgow, and he was, at the time, he was crushing it as, uh, you know, uh, the Trinity killer on oh. Dexter. Yeah. So I was just like, John Lithgow would be a great guest. That would be like, Lithgow. And um, he'd be the one to get. And um, finally settle, is it pronounced Lithgow or Lithgow, uh, amongst other things. And so I just campaigned so heavily. It's something I haven't done again since and maybe never will do again because it's just like I just did not let it go until it happened. Right. But it took like almost a year. It took almost that whole year. I think he came on late in, late in 2010. And uh, and it happened because his son is a fan of the podcast and followed me on Twitter and said, you know, I think I can get my dad to do your show. Oh, my gosh. And, yeah, and I've been, like, uh, in contact with him and John Lithgow ever since because not only was he a hard guest to get to begin with and then a great guest once we had him on, he's promised to come back and we're just never in the same place at the same time because he's oh, just man. he's crazy busy. Like, yeah. he's right. movies, plays, you know, uh, book book right. tours and stuff, and um, so like the last time we came close to being able to do it was when I was in New York and he was shooting something in New York, but that you know he had to shoot too late in the day to uh, to come. Do you guys but, send each other holiday cards? Now? <laughs> Are you on that level? His but his his messages to me are so charming and so sweet. Like it's it's hilarious how, oh. how nice he's been to me ever since being on. And the, and then the the episode that he was on, it was with uh, Paul F. Tompkins and uh, Jimmy Pardo, and they both. You know, they're both great guests to have on when I have somebody that I'm nervous about, like like I'm excited to meet and I want to be polite to. Yeah. Because right. those guys will just still say mean things. <laughs> right. Or not necessarily mean things, but they'll just make sure it stays funny, you yeah. know, and, right. and, uh, and go, you know, go after him or whatever. And uh, But we were playing the Leonard Malton game, and I said, you know, the, it, the category was the films of John Lithgow. I just wanted to make it easy on him. Right. <laughs> and... Uh, and uh, it was uh, Leonard Malton. Some, uh, you know, I said the Leonard gave this movie two stars, and John Lithgow goes cocksucker. <laughs> <laughs> so he really understood the uh, the tone of the show. <laughs> His son had prepped him well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And now it's uh, another great thing that's been happening is Leonard Malton comes on all the time. Like he's every that is so every amazing. Every few months, I get a call. I hear from <laughs> Leonard going, "I want to come on again." It's so crazy. Yeah, well, Leonard, we'll see. Okay, don't yeah. don't push. Too yeah, it's always fun when he's on because again, the, you know, I, I've had those guys on with him and lots of other comics, and uh, they always uh, they always give him a, a hard time. And Chris Evans, who plays uh, Captain America, he was on with Leonard, and during the Leonard Malton games, actually said the phrase "Name it, bitch." Oh. 
<laughs> to Leonard Maltin. <laughs> so that was shocking and delightful. Oh my did, gosh. Did the genesis of the Malton game come? Did you used to have Malton guides? Did it come from that? Yeah, I grew up on the Malton guide. Like me and my dad used to sit around and talk about it all the time because my dad would always be like, that's not a two and a half star movie. That's a yeah. two star movie. Like, right. shut up, dad. <laughs> <laughs> but, you know, I was more into just like the fact that all that information was there and that, yeah. that he did list all the, so many actors for each movie. And, um, and then it became... Uh, Brian Posehn and Sarah Silverman and I spent uh, spent a lot of wasted hours uh, being wasted and just it's, <laughs> and just sitting around at uh, one of their places, Brian's or Sarah's, uh, just with the guide and just you know we just we f- played different ways. Like sometimes you just find a movie that you think would be good and you have the other two people play. Uh, you know, just take turns sort of hosting the game. And then another thing that Sarah liked to do was to uh, you know flip through the book and then somebody says stop and then stop and then open that page and then run your hand up and down that page until somebody says stop and then <laughs> whatever review you land on that's that's the one you would play oh, wow. but that's so hard because he's got so many old movies in there where i don't know i don't know any of the right. actors and just or, the flipping is exhausting <laughs> yeah it's a lot of it's effort very difficult <laughs> so sorry doug it was libeled lady yeah and then over the years doing it, because it started off as I, I love movies, and then I eventually switched it to Doug loves movies. But uh, the show from the very beginning has had uh, had the game. Like I think within the first few episodes, I started playing it. But uh, the rules have like you know changed over the years, and it's gotten it's gotten so complicated that now when a new guest is on, I say please listen to the show before coming on, or you won't understand how to play the game. Right. And ninety percent of the time, they don't listen to the show before coming on. Because they're busy, and I, I, I'm just happy and that they're coming on, to, right. and they don't respect me. <laughs> and um, so, you know, and, uh, even people that have been on it a few times still get very confused by it. Right. So, <laughs> so it's just sort of like I still get messages from people all the time, you know, t- explaining to me how I can explain it simply to the guests. <laughs> nice. And I'm just like, you just don't know. Especially when people say, "Why don't you just tell them how it works when they get when they get to the theater?" It's because I've got three actor, comedian, director types oh in gosh. a room. <laughs> that are all excited to talk to each other and you know right. they don't want to sit down and be given a lecture on how to play <laughs> I just did the Chris Hardwick show uh, at midnight mm-hmm. again yesterday and it's so funny both times you know, I'm standing there. I'm excited to have the, the stage manager <laughs> explaining all the rules and what's going to happen. And I, you know, I want to know. And the, you know, the other two comedians both times just break off into conversation amongst themselves. And like, like one of the main things is you, when you lose at the end, the the first person that's eliminated, they want you to stand there, and then they go to commercial break. They don't want you to walk off. Like they turn this red light on you. I called it the the red light of shame, <laughs> and uh, uh, so they they say to you over and over again: if you lose, don't walk away, stay at your podium. <laughs> and uh, last night, uh, spoiler alert: when uh, when Eugene Merman lost, he immediately <laughs> turned and started to run run away, <laughs> and then remembered and came back. <laughs> but there's that you know you just have instincts like that. Yeah, right. they're like you know I, the show. I, I was actually on a game show once. I was on. Um, uh, <laughs> what was it called? Was it, it was Scrabble? Scrabble. I remember Scrabble? Yeah. yeah. Wait, Scrabble was a TV and show. And it was yeah. uh, with um, 
Wasn't it Chuck Woolery? Chuck Woolery was the host, and it was the, the show where it was famous for the fact that there was this one game that you play in it where when, whenever you win, he would count out $1,000, and the whole audience would count Whoa. with him <laughs> as, he, as he puts it into your hand. You know, then they come and take it away right away and give, right. It, give you a check three months later. But um, uh, <laughs> I was on that show, and uh, the... Um, and I had a few other, uh, you know, um, I was involved with a few different game shows on a writing or, you know, producing uh, uh, from that angle. And the the main thing about those shows is that they drill the contestants uh, over and over and over again about all the all the rules. Yeah. Like they don't just, you know. Assume that you know, they, they got don't it. just think just because they watched the show and they showed up and they're auditioning that they have <laughs> any, any right. idea what it is. how to do it. Yeah. So it's. Uh, so I and I can't do that with my guests on my podcast because it's just more of a, a loose, silly thing, and I want it to be more of a comedy show than a right. game show anyway. Even though I love playing games because it's a good, you know, jumping-off point for, for at least something's happening. At least there's some sort of forward momentum, right? You know, all these podcasts no where people just sit around at a table and talk. Oh God, oh, it's hell! It's the worst. Like people listening are like, "What the what fuck is, is going to happen next?" Parcheesi. <laughs> How long are they going to talk about this? I was on a game what show. What are the rules? Who's winning? I can't <laughs> Who's tell. winning this thing? I should email them to tell them to explain this better. Uh, I was on a game show once on the PAX Network called On the Cover. PAX is that the Christian like 10, Network? Yeah, it lasts like ten seconds. But uh, on the cover, the whole the whole hook is not even much of a hook. Is like they would have these fake Photoshop magazine covers that you would look at, and then the question would be like, there'd be a Michael Michael Caine cover, and then there'd be a question about some Michael Caine movie or whatever, right? Weird. And uh, it Great was hosted. <laughs> it's hosted by Mark L. Wahlberg, the, right. the who does like every other game show. Yeah, um, he even had a, one of those uh, afternoon talk shows for like a year. For, yeah. Oh yeah. wow. For, for one season. For a hot a hot second. <laughs> and uh, I went on. My wife went on as well too. She went on later. The episode I did never aired because they retooled the show a little bit and uh, i went to the final round like i won my the, i beat everybody else went to the final round and uh i remember because it was like they would it would, it would un- unveil like some cover and you had to figure out what they all they were all clues towards a bigger movie or something like that and i got three of the four right and i got it wrong so i ended up getting like the consolation prize which was like a 500 hundred dollar lobster gram which i didn't get because you, you only get the prizes <laughs> if the episode airs <laughs> Wait, a lobster gram? Basically, they bring you five hundred dollars worth of lobster at your house. Oh, which you know, I was really, so I was kind of glad you were thinking of singing lobster. Yeah, exactly, that you could send anywhere. Five hundred dollars worth of crustacean music. Got some you need to say to somebody, and you want a lobster Happy to do birthday, it. Mom. So because all I, lobsters talk like that, because yeah. you saw Little Mermaid, right? Exactly. When I went on the round, pretty thing, hip like, to this. They screwed up and they showed something that they weren't supposed to show, and so all of a sudden they're like, "Stop, stop tape!" And they came over and they're like running around for like 20 minutes trying to figure out what they were going to do and then they like alternated in another clue or something so it got even more confusing but the whole time I had already gotten like two of the four clues and like so I was trying to think in my head this whole time while there was this delays going like what, what movie is this what movie could it be and in retrospect really obvious but at the time this couldn't and I was answering questions about Eva Marie Saint and all sorts of earlier <laughs> like you know more obscure stuff earlier but it was like the three clues they gave me were Jack Ice and Ocean Oh, Titanic. Yes. Yeah. Really obvious, right? Well, it took me a second. <laughs> and I couldn't, I was all Jack Ice and Ocean Jack So I guess Pirates of the Caribbean, which sort of makes you sense. Could Jack Sparrow and Ocean. Yeah, and then they're, they're going after ice some. Ice in his cocktail? Yeah. They're going he after loves some, ice. They're going after some diamond or something, <laughs> the Black Pearl or whatever. There was like, I don't know. Oh, so yeah, I thought yeah. maybe. 
And then when they told me what it was, I was like, oh, just that little indie film. <laughs> Tiny. But then my wife went on and won it, the whole thing. And so Did we got she a, get her lobster grim? No, we got a Caribbean cruise out of it. Oh. So that was kind of cool. Though we found out we both don't really like cruises. But, you know, we did You've got win to it. find out for free. We, while you're okay. on it, you decide you don't like them? Yeah, we had never been on one before. And it was just mostly a lot of being on the ship. And, like, you dock and, like, here's Jamaica. You've got four hours. Go. And then you get back on the boat for a day and a half, and then that's mm-hmm. a cruise, yeah. Yeah, here's Buffet the Cayman food. Islands. You've you got gotta, six hours. You got to enjoy Run. being on the boat. Yeah, which it can't be about the destination with those things because you, you're on the boat a lot. Which Have we you discovered. done shows on cruises? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I used to do them quite a bit because uh, they used to have uh, the improv comedy chain used to do comedy it's improv at sea and they just have like a little, tiny little uh, fake brick wall that they'd put oh, you know, no. in the lounge on the ship and so I did them out of California and out of Florida a bunch of them and uh, always had a pretty good time you know the show was probably the worst part because yeah. the, the the crowds on the cruise ships tend to be old people and and uh, and little kids so the the shows weren't great uh, and then you're stuck with those people the rest of the time which oh, is also yeah. weird but <laughs> lately I've been doing rock cruises and that's a whole nother a whole nother thing those are so much fun can like, you explain uh, you know we're like a band. Uh, oh, okay. I, I've done it with Weezer and uh, 311. I was thinking and, rocks. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm Just having a, a hard time keeping quartz, up. Quartz, mica, feldspar. Just a bunch uh, of geologists. Sedimentary stuff. Just oh. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's awesome. Uh, it's Ignatius Rockstein. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, and, uh, you know, Kid Rock does one every year, and so does Kiss, and, uh, you know, I haven't performed on those, but... Um, but doing those is really fun because they have lots of other bands. It's not, I'm sure the cruise you went on, like you just heard, you know, kind of like Calypso, kind of like steel drum versions yeah, it of was hot, 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 right. and, <laughs> you know, and limbo lower <laughs> and all that stuff. And it's really annoying. And, and, uh, and also they, they make loud announcements in your room starting at the beginning of the day of what time the shuffleboard tournament's going to be. Yeah, and there's much. a lot of things where you have to meet somewhere and be given a speech about safety and stuff. Or dress a certain way. And, yeah. No, they had a toga night. Yeah, yeah. I was yeah. not looking forward to that. And, and it's just a bunch of... <laughs> You know, kind of strangers getting drunk together, which which is, happens on these cruises. But at least you all have uh, the the common bond of liking the the, the band, right? Yeah. And the, and the, but also the on on every cruise that I've done with the with the headlining bands, I've f- found other you know new bands that I not only like but also was able to befriend. That's so Cause cool. Because the fam- the really famous band is kind of locked away the whole time. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they, don't, they only show up for like photo day and stuff. <laughs> but like the. Uh, the other bands and the comedians, we would just you know roam around and and just you know do whatever. I like I had never met uh, Tom Green before, and he was the other comic on the last uh, three eleven cruise, and uh, so he and I were just having a blast, just you know hanging out with everyone and just seeing all the other bands. Oh and, my gosh, it's like grown up cool kids summer camp. Yeah, it's like everybody that's going on that. It's not a lot of seventy year old three eleven fans. You know, it's got to. That's the thing is there was there's <laughs> like the, the 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 there was hardly any old people, and then there's a few you know young hippie couples that you know think it's a good idea to bring their kid on there. So there's there's a few there's a few little kids, <laughs> but like a lot less than a normal cruise. Yeah, right? way way less. So. Um, I recommend those to anybody that's if you are thinking that a cruise is something you would enjoy because I like the warm weather and I like I like being at sea mm-hmm. and you know it's it's fun to go out on the on the deck and you know just be in the middle of the ocean 
I think I would do like an Alaskan cruise because the scenery is supposed to be absolutely mm-hmm. breathtaking. So be that, that I think I would do. But I don't think I would do what I did before. <laughs> and I didn't get sick, but like it was a week-long cruise. By the seventh day, my body was like, you know, just sleep on land. <laughs> <laughs> you weren't built for this. Yeah. <laughs> and, you have to oh, get and used to TV. it. Sometimes when they have bad weather, it can be pretty gnarly. Like the last three cruises I went on, we, did, we never hit. You know, it wasn't ever too bad, but, like, I was on once uh, in, in the early days of my stand-up career where, like, it was really rocking hard for, like, a long time, and it was just, like, pretty much impossible not to get sick. Uh. There also wasn't a lot to do, and the TV in the room only had, like, one channel, and it yeah. had a movie channel that only showed one movie over and over, and that movie was the remake of Around the World in 80 Days with Jackie Chan and all sorts oh, of uh. uh, Steve Coogan, yeah. and it would, like, I would catch it, like, in increments in different parts, because I'd never, like, sat down to watch it. I would turn around and be like, so you oh. never understood the plot. Oh, there's... <laughs> okay, he's with, he's with Arnie now. All right, cool. Nope, gotta go to trivia night on the ship. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Come back and... Yeah, that's, uh, that, that's you know the activities like uh, get a little little. Uh, there's a little bit more fun stuff to do on the rock ones because they'll do like you know belly flop contest and uh, you know, uh, but mostly it's just lots of bands playing. One one thing they did on the Weezer cruise that was really neat is that on the top deck you could you could, everybody was laying in lounge chairs and just watching on this giant screen uh, at midnight. They screened one night uh, Young Frankenstein. Oh, oh nice. that's awesome! So that was really neat. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. Yeah, because I guess Brian and Weezer's like a really big, big movie buff. It's a great movie. I mean, it's no Around the World in 80 Days. Around the World in 80 Days, the original, is probably my choice for worst Best Picture winner of all time. Yeah, that's true. They did win that. Yeah, and it it is an awful, boring movie. It's just a travelogue with that... Contin Floss was a big star at the time. Right. And so he's kind of entertaining, I guess. And David Niven is, is cool, but... It's a dreadful movie. I haven't even seen it there. I've said it. It's just really long scenes of just showing off, like, we're in a foreign country and we have Panavision. You know, we have (laughs) have really widescreen, you know, (laughs) it's filmed in Cinerama, you know, like it played at the Cinerama Dome uh, here in Hollywood and and was really just trying to show off the technology. How far and wide the shot yeah. is. Um, I do love The Great Race. That's one I'll watch. Over I over love again. that movie, too. And it's not for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> it's long. And it's, it's really long. And it has, it's, it's like, I, but that's part of what I love about it is that, like, oh, you know, what are things I love in movies? I love a good barroom brawl, you know, a western. <laughs> yeah, I like a pie fight. I like cars chasing yep. each other, you know. And uh, the the whole, the first, like, 15, 20 minutes of the movie is just a series of uh, the bad guy, uh, <laughs> Jack Lemmon and yeah. Peter Falk just doing uh, Wile E. Coyote type shit. Yep. <laughs> like, it's just them with these different contraptions and they, something goes wrong and they crash and it's really violent and funny. Um but yeah, and and then and then of course at the very end uh, they have a swashbuckler uh, movie yep. with a uh, prisoner of Zenda twist, <laughs> where it turns out Jack Lemon is a match for this king of this country. And, Jerry uh, so Prince and the yeah. Popper, yeah, the Prince and yeah. the Popper, yeah, and um, and he gets to play a dual role, and the other character, <laughs> the the king, the drunken king uh, or prince that's going to be king, I guess he's yeah. about to be king, 
Uh, he's just a, a giggling mess. Uh, that's <laughs> and he's hilarious. I hope you win. I hope you win. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. just the whole the pie fight. I used to, when I was a kid, I would watch the pie fight over and over and over. I would just rewind it and watch it again because the whole thing is like Tony Curtis is like he dresses all in white. He's like the hero. Nothing bad ever happens to him. And in this pie fight, there's just pies flying like crazy, but not a speck is getting on it. Like, yeah, he's, not, <laughs> he's staying clean, which must have been really such clean. a bitch to shoot. That must have been impossible to shoot. Yeah, and then he finally at the very end of it, like gets a pie in the face. They couldn't do CG pies flying yeah. around like they do with blood now and everything. But uh, yeah, and and Natalie Wood, at, at, you know, was beautiful and uh, pretty funny in it. And uh, in the pie fight, is running around in her underwear. Yep. Yeah. So it's they just made that pie fight. Teenage a lot boy better. was so happy watching <laughs> that movie over and over again. So th- finally, th- something you, Blake just Edwards. for me. Yeah. <laughs> yes. it, it was really. It had an intermission in the middle when it played in uh, theaters. Yeah, I, lo- I love those old all-star, like, long-ass, like, it's a mad, 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 mad world comedies that just have all these people in it, and it's just, it's unapologetically stupid and fun. and Yeah, well, and, and they had, yeah. they had uh, a couple musical numbers in Great Race, yep. also. <laughs> it's like everybody got to write in their wish list. <laughs> I think the Blues Brothers movie was a, was a, was a remake of the Great Race. <laughs> <laughs> it's almost like they just took a ton of different genre stuff, threw it along, and like, right, we'll, we'll fulfill that. All right, we'll do that, too. Okay, yeah, sure, we'll, we'll yeah. It was super ambitious, and I, I, I think it did okay at the time. I don't think it was like a flop or anything, or, or or too costly. Yeah, it did fine, and it was like mixed in the reviews. It wasn't like anybody hated it. It just yeah. got a lot of like two and a half stars. Like it's kind of where it sat with a lot of the critics. It's kind of childish. The late Hal Needham, uh, who just died, just died he, yeah. he he made a movie called The Villain that was like a, a very similar uh, tone to Great Race. You know, it was Arnold Schwarzenegger and um, and uh, Kirk Douglas. Oh right, and yeah. it's terrible, and 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 Margaret, it's really terrible. But it's like it's got that same sort of thing where it's just like let's make a live action Roadrunner, you know, Roadrunner <laughs> Wiley Coyote movie. And it's like mm, maybe we shouldn't do that. I mean, I guess it did work eventually. With uh, they pulled it off with Home Alone, right? You know, in a big way. Yeah. Did you ever see Tough Guys with Burt Lancaster and Kirk Douglas? Yeah. With Dana Carvey in one of his first roles. Mm-hmm. It was like the parole officer. Yeah, it was like, crazy. It was kind of a sincere part. It yeah. wasn't even particularly he wasn't funny. It was supposed to be funny. Yeah. yeah. But it's one of those things that's just not out there. It was on VHS, but it's not on DVD. You can't oh, it find. isn't? No, it's interesting. One of those hard ones to track down. Because I was obsessed with Burt Lancaster for a while. I worked at a video store for like 10 years in college, and I was just plowing through his stuff. He was great in uh, Atlantic City. Yeah. I liked him a lot in that. And uh, almost everything he was in, he was always really, really good. He's just good at doing like his early film noir stuff's amazing, Criss Cross and all that kind of stuff. And then like his later, like Local Hero and that kind of stuff. Like he's just was so good. Yeah. Yep. I like that dude. Good guy. I like what's happening between you guys <laughs> he, right now. Was like, he officially oh. was he officially gay at some point or did he was he closeted the whole time? Closeted. I read one of his biographies when I was in college too cuz he lived a pretty interesting life too cuz he would like he loved to do everything like when he was in trapeze like he learned like all the trapeze stuff cuz he was like a very like athletic guy too in addition to Have you ever seen the swimmer? Yes. What Do you know happens? what that is? No. It's about a guy so who weird. goes who swims through everybody's backyard. Like That's all he, he does. He just hops fences and swims in people's pools. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole movie? <laughs> a whole movie. <laughs> Sounds like a segment of a jackass movie. <laughs> it's literally a movie. <laughs> What's his emotional arc? Um uh, he's kinda crazy, he's I guess. Kinda he's going from but he like, you know, 
He'll jump over a fence and swim across the pool, and then jump over the fence and swim across the next pool. Yep. Okay, I think I get it. Yeah. <laughs> so weird. You got me. And stuff happens. I don't want to ruin it. I, I think the, uh, the screenwriter's challenge was to describe each pool differently on the page. You know? <laughs> this is a rectangular pool with an aquamarine sea. Yeah, that's great. He was, he was amazing. Well, let's do firsts. We do okay. this every episode. It's a different first from life. Uh, this one is, what was the first time you remember going to a drive-in movie theater, and do you remember what you saw there? Oh, first time. Dig deep. <laughs> do you guys already know your answers? Yeah, Cole I knows his. Tell me yours. Um, I was definitely really little, um, and we went a couple times. So I can't quite remember what was exactly the first one, but I remember the double features. I remember seeing were like Howard the Duck with Karate Kid Part Two. <laughs> um, <laughs> a night to remember. Uh, the Goonies and Blind Date. Uh, oh, that's a strange pairing. It's a very strange pairing. Well, it was always it was always two movies from the same studio yep. released at the that, same time that were like only a couple weeks apart. Right. Yeah. Uh, and then generally had, in, at drive-ins, still to this day, that's how they do it. And Pee Wee's Big Adventure, but I can't remember what was paired with it. Those are like the three times I remember going. So I think whatever one was released first, that would be the first one I went to. And I remember looking up like when I was really little, um, we went to see something, and airplane was on another screen. And whatever we were watching, like we we were like kind of bored with, we were just like looking over at airplane, like wishing. couldn't hear it, like cracking up at everything visually you could see in it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's always got uh, funny visual gags going on through yeah. the whole thing. You don't need the sound so much. Um, that's what I. That's the first thing I flashed on is one of my f- first memories of driving my own car to a drive-in movie. Was the, it was Airplane, and then the second movie because it had come out a month or two before was was also Paramount was uh, Up in Smoke, <laughs> nice. and that was back when I don't know if it happens now. I, I want to go to a drive-in again. Like there's so there's so few around LA though, but um, uh, a, a bunch of friends and I used to used to just go and park our cars near each other at one that's way out in. Uh, you know, like, uh, God, I don't even know. I can't even remember the name of the town. Oh, cool. But it's like out, you know, kind of you go past Pasadena and then out there a ways and there was a drive-in theater. And so we just we just all go and then just turn it into like a, a party in the parking lot. We'd bring like, you know, Frisbees and stuff to toss around. And and uh, no hacky sack, though, now that I think about it. But um, <laughs> um but I digress. When I but back when I saw uh, Up in Smoke, everybody honk, honked their car horns every time somebody lit up a lit up a funny. joint. <laughs> so there was a lot of honking during that movie. <laughs> I, I it happened like once in the airplane, and then after the right. this is the movie. <laughs> the, the horn stopped working. Uh, yeah, I I just remember like. I miss I miss them like crazy because there was really a fun experience and then like yeah. the ones that were left turned like into like gang turf wars yeah <laughs> so you couldn't really go anymore kind of sketchy and then but they also had that that innovation where you could just listen to it on your car stereo instead mm-hmm. of having that crazy thing. speaker on your window right. those things were always very uh, cumbersome and Clumsy. weird and didn't and the sound wasn't very good it was very tinny. I always just love driving by them, like when you're commuting home for something, oh, yeah. and being like, "What movie is it?" Yeah, you'd see it for like the ten seconds that you're driving past it. Yeah, it's a fun game. Trying to figure out what it was, on and the, the view of that is just so nostalgic. It's like, oh my gosh, this is happening. It looks There's neat. I just it. like the the image of uh, you know a film, uh, you know, pr- basically projected into night. Yeah, you know, yeah. into darkness. You know, it's it's just really, it's cool looking. 
for sure. I don't remember mine. I just remember, I just have memories of going with my mom and dad because it was when, I don't think we ever found one uh, when I was like old enough to really sink in what we were watching. So it was when we were living in Tennessee and I remember just the like act of getting the snacks and the popcorn and like kind of fighting with my sister in the backseat. It's such a fun memory. And I remember watching the screen, but I don't remember, like I have no specific memories of the movies because I was just... I was really having so much fun. They're like such sweet memories. They had swings too for kids to swing yeah. on at some of them. Oh, mine didn't have a swing. Oh, they man. did. You know, John Travolta sings that song Sandy while swinging on a oh, yeah. drive in swing. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, I, I'm, I, I'm just totally drawing a blank on I can't even I can't even remember one time because we went to indoor movies so much when I was a kid. Like my parents like took me to see, you know, almost everything I wanted to see. And then when I got old enough to go by myself, I would just hang out in multiplexes and switch theaters all day. And um, I can't I can't really I can't I can't even drop any single memory of being little and like in my parents car at the drive in. I know we went. Yeah. You know, I remember going, but I can't think of, uh, you know, any movies that we saw. Did you ever sneak people in through the trunk? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> or at least the hatchback with maybe a blanket over them. Right. You know? Just so yeah, stupid. I think Such so. Such kids. I think we've done that. You know, but then it just, you know, in my lifetime, the, 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 the drive-ins just went out of business or, yeah. or yeah. became very reasonable, you know, like. They started charging by the carload instead of the individual. You could right. still be, so put people in the trunk many, then. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So <laughs> guy in the trunk. We're just letting you know. Just so you all know. <laughs> Thank you. Have a great night. <laughs> yeah, they started either shutting down or becoming super cheap or then not even showing first run anymore. It would be like the bargain cinema movies. So it would be something like, oh, the Newton Boys was out three months ago. It's showing here at the drive-in now. Like <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. Oh, yeah, I miss them. It's, Me it was, too. Definitely, America's just part of died. Well, and those those are like memories that evoke that feeling when you really did get to share entertainment in that way, like yeah. you know, like a whole experience, start to finish, which is I think the best way to do anything. And if you're in your car, you could talk all you wanted, and it wouldn't fucking bother the people sitting next to you, yeah. <laughs> like it would in a movie theater. Yeah. So there's that. All right, we're gonna play a game. Uh, Doug, I think you'll do well on this. The rules are complicated. It's going to be... (laughs) Why didn't you teach me ahead of time? (laughs) Super simple. Uh, It's alive or dead. I'm going to give you a list of ten great character actors. You need to tell me if you think they're alive or dead. Mm. Okay. Uh, Number one, Hal Linden, best known as Barney Miller. He's dead. (laughs) (laughs) You would think so, because I haven't seen him in a while. (laughs) He is alive at age 82. What's he doing? Uh, I think theater and things. Mm. He lives back at eighty-two. East. I think he's just being eighty-two, napping. I think I'm going to do badly at this because uh-huh. you, you picked all people who aren't uh, <laughs> who aren't in anything right now. <laughs> so I don't Couple know. Couple of them are. I think I they think might as right. well be dead to Hollywood. How many are there? Ten. There's ten. Okay. Uh, number two, Vincent Schiavelli, who was the subway ghost and ghost. He's dead. He is dead. Yeah. Died in 2005 at age 57. Did you remember him being dead? Or you were just like, I feel like he's dead. No, I know he's dead. I was I was an extra on that show, Moonlighting, and ah. he was his wife uh, played the receptionist. Agnes hey, mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, Lise Beasley. She was a super nice lady, and she was married to him. And so, you know, he's more on my radar. He's he's great in the couple scenes he's in in Fast Times at Ridgemont High. Yeah, he's fantastic. Because you know, he a lot most of the time he played like scary individuals or like one flew over the cuckoo's nest, yeah. you know, like that kind of stuff. Because he looks so weird, you know. Yeah. 
But uh, better off dead also as a teacher. Yeah. What did it feel very, like to be very nice those man. sparks of David and Maddie? Was that exciting? <laughs> oh, I didn't mean to open up that can of worms. You but, can't uh, close it now, mister. There was a lot of sitting around because those two were fighting all the time. <laughs> and also they were, you know, constantly rewriting the scripts and having, having to learn new lines. And, you know, they always had that fast dialogue and long speeches. So there's like many takes of everything. Like I was in the soundstage at... Uh, at Fox for like you know sixteen twenty hour days sometimes because that show was such oh, a wow. so because you were a regular a mess. extra on there right <laughs> I was one of the uh, people that worked Office in the Blue books. Moon Detective Agency oh, man, and I'm the, so the agency that never had any business <laughs> <Nope>. <laughs> like they were always scraping for clients and yet they had a full time staff of people walking around acting like they were doing stuff moving papers <laughs> answering from here phones today. and. Walking around with files, like, what were we doing? We'll let David and Maddie handle all the, handle all the tough stuff. Yeah, they'll do everything, and we just work for them. <laughs> it was weird. Me, yeah. Okay. <laughs> all right, number three, M. Emmett Walsh from The Jerk, Blood Simple, many other things. Yeah, he's alive. He is alive, age 78. Yeah, he's a great actor he's and, and um, uh, has no hearing in one ear. Oh, really? Yeah, why? so that's why he's always kind of loud, cranky characters. <laughs> <laughs> That makes sense. Yeah. Uh, number four, John Polito from most of the Coen Brothers movies, City mm-hmm. Slickers. Yeah, he was especially good in uh, Miller's Crossing. Yep. And he was on Homicide, Life in the Street. Um, and I'm going to say that he is alive. He's alive. You have a good brain in <laughs> Age 62. There. All this trivia, my God. Um, number five, Brian James from Blade Runner, Crime Wave, a bunch of other stuff. Yeah, he's dead. Died in 1999 at age 54. He was young. Yeah. He's a, he uh, was the one that takes the, the Voight-Kampf test in uh, Blade Runner and yep. uh, gets angry when he keeps being asked about the tortoise that's turned over or whatever. <laughs> <laughs> and you were, you were an extra on All that as well, right? Mm-hmm. Not in your brain. Yeah. I, I know Blade Runner pretty well because I, I saw it a lot just as, you know, look for myself. Yeah. Do you know each of the 27 cuts that are out there? Oh, man, there were so many different versions of that. And it was just like, you know, they're all fine. There's no, I, I never thought, I never saw one that I thought was absolutely definitive. Right. Narration, just, no narration. Happy ending, no happy ending. More. Yeah. Uh, all the good all stuff pieces. is still there. The yeah. last scene between Rutger Hauer and Harrison Ford is in every version. Yeah. And that's, then that's the movie. And that's where it is. <laughs> that's the emotional payoff of the movie. If, if you find it emotional at all, you know, it's a pretty cold uh, experience to a lot of people. Like when it came out and was such a huge disappointment uh, at the box office and, and critically, uh, it, I was so bummed because I was so excited to be, you know, Alien and Star Wars were my favorite movies. Oh my <laughs> so, so to be in Blade Runner yeah. with the director and star of that, and then and then be on the set, and they're both kind of like they're both kind of cranky all the time. And, right. <laughs> which I don't blame them. It was it was uh, just the week that I was there was a really tough week to do. So I can't imagine you know making that whole movie. Yeah. Right. Uh, number six, Edward Herman from The Lost Boys, Gilmore Girls. Oh man. That's a tough one because if he's dead, he just died. I think he's alive. He's alive. Good job. <laughs> really good job. <laughs> I think he dies in Lost Boys, though. He does <laughs> in Lost Boys. Not so much in Gilmore Girls. I think he lived through the whole. Yeah, it's not that kind of show. Lost Boys thing. does have one of my favorite closing lines of a movie ever, which is uh, Bernard Herman's uh, or Bernard Hughes's. Uh, mm-hmm. One thing I can never stomach about Santa Carla: all the damn vampires. <laughs> 
And it was Santa Cruz where they filmed it, but they called it Santa Carla. It was like they yeah. barely even tried to cover up <laughs> yeah. the fact Famous that... Famous roller coasters, like a yeah. set piece through the whole movie. And, exactly. Right? I don't know why they had to give it a, a I know, name. just make it Santa just Cruz. Like, it. And yeah. the Santa Cruz was like, you can film here. They didn't here. want to give them that satisfaction. Maybe they were like, you can film here, but you can't call it Santa Cruz because uh, we don't want people thinking we have vampires. Oh, yeah, that's illogical. Weird. Just spitballing. Yeah. Uh, number seven, Harris Eulin. Scarface, Ghostbusters 2. Yeah, I just saw Ghostbusters 2. He's the uh, the judge. For the Scolari brothers. Um, mm. I, got, I think uh, it really could go either way because I can't think of anything I've seen him in recently. But I'm sure he was on like Boston Legal or something. So if he died, it was it was recent. So I'm going to say he's alive. He's alive. Yes. Age so 75. <laughs> I would be uh, just came, guessing came, dead I left and right. Gate. I didn't come out of the gate too well with Hal Linden. <laughs> Poor Hal Linden. <laughs> oh, right. He's sitting there listening to this going, that's the only one you, don't, you didn't know for sure? <laughs> uh, number eight, Barry Corbin from Lonesome Dove, Northern Exposure, lots of other stuff. He's dead. He's alive. Oh. Age 73. He was in No Country for Old Men, briefly. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. There's another guy that he reminds me of who is dead. He's very dead, and yeah, sure. Who might, be the number, who might be number nine. <laughs> Maybe. Who? Uh, James Gammon from Major League. No, no, but he's dead. He is dead. Died in 2010 at age 70. He was awesome. Yeah, that guy was mm-hmm. uh, always always hilarious. I didn't get to see it, but he was in a play with uh, – he was in a Sam Shepard play with yeah. Nick Nolte and Sean Penn that Up was in San Francisco, Francisco for oh, a while. Oh, man. And I didn't get, I didn't get to see it, but uh, that would have been neat. Yeah, I wanted to go to that too. I worked with him a day on Nash Bridges because um, I was in a B storyline that he was in. And he was like the nicest guy in the world. Oh. And he's just an amazing actor. Like one of the – like I had done Nash Bridges before with like, you know, Cheech and Don. Like I wasn't nerding out over them. But when <laughs> I got with James Gammon, I was like, uh, uh, I love that comedy team, Cheech and Don. (laughs) 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 Uh, And finally, number 10, Paul Gleason from The Breakfast Club and Die Hard. He's dead, unfortunately. Yeah, died in 2006 at age 67. Yeah. Yeah. I was sad that he's probably the preeminent asshole actor (laughs) because he's always playing complete jerks. Him and William Atherton get (laughs) all all those roles. (laughs) Is Atherton dead or alive? I think he's alive. I think so, too. Yeah. Let's stay with that. If I had to guess. Good guess. That's a healthier guess. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> I guess he's dead. I don't know. Yeah. Now I want to. Now I really want to know the name of the guy that was in. Um, that reminds me of Barry Corbin, who is dead and was was in a lot of movies over a short period of time. I think uh, maybe even a Coen Brothers or two. But like, I remember him, the movie. I can just look up and find out right away on my Leonard Maltin app. Is uh, he was in Married to the Mob, which I love. Hmm. Dean Stockwell. Oh, this is a fun game for you, see, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, I'm going to see who's going to win. <laughs> his Computer? name. Oh, I've seen that. Oh, the phone. Uh, uh, oh, is his name not in the... Trey Wilson. Trey Wilson. Oh, wait. See, um... He was in a bunch of stuff for a while and then and then just kind of died rather unexpectedly. Uh, but he was great. He was like... Um, you know the the main he he was in Great Balls of Fire, Miss Firecracker, Twins, Bull Durham. Nice. He had a run. Raising Arizona. Yeah, oh he's he's there. He's the the furniture king with the kids. Oh, okay, yeah, oh, yeah, he's yeah, awesome. yeah. All right. Isn't yeah. he Barry Corbin like kind of? He kind of totally, is. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I totally can see that. Dead? 
Yeah, yeah, That's no, he, man. yeah, he died like pretty, pretty young. Like I guess he died around in uh, 1990 or something. And uh, but he had he had a pretty uh, impressive run there for a while. It was always always really good. Nice. I have questions now. Okay, Take have you ever met an Olsen twin? Mm, both of them. There you go. When they hosted SNL, I was at the oh after party. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> okay, okay. This shit just got real. <laughs> well, that's toxic. I, 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 um, <laughs> I, um, I said a lot at the time that they clung to... I'm they, blushing really they, hard. They, I'm so excited for you. The whole time I was with the, near them, they, they were clinging to each other like spider monkeys. <laughs> <laughs> like, they're just, they were just so... Insanely tight, and it was for some reason I ended up like me and Jimmy Fallon and the Olsen twins just sitting like in a booth talking for for a little while. Whoa! And I couldn't tell you anything that was said other than just in my head. I was just like, "This is weird." They're so small, right? Weird. They're tiny and they're cute, but they're like they they seem very like uh, you know. I guess they've gotten past that, but they seem very uh, timid. Did you discern different personalities coming from either one, or was it no. a single vibe? No. They're part of the Olsen Collective. Oh, like my the Borg. gosh. Yeah. Well, well, well. We don't even need to ask the rest of these. Uh, but I will. Okay, if you could take one movie or show that you've done extra work or guest roles on mm-hmm. and steal a main part, which project would that be? And then also in that same project, you can demote one of the main cast people to extra work for the rest of their career. Oh, that's <laughs> intense. That's pretty, pretty brutal. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, guys. I don't know who I would want to do that to. Um, this is something that I was an extra in? Or? Yeah, or, or any kind of guest role. Any I mean, all my guest roles have been pretty tiny, but... Uh, I've been lucky in that everything I've I've been on like has had like a really long uh, uh, shelf life, so I get tweets all the time. You know, I just saw you on such and such a show. Um, but this this is a really tough one. I know because I'm not into demoting anybody. Well, you don't have to demote them. Then <laughs> you can just give yourself a promotion. And I don't really see myself as. It was funny when I was on Friends. Uh, at the time, I was—I would think I was a few years older than everybody. But uh, you know, they treated me like you know, I look like a uh, you know contemporary, like mm-hmm. somebody that because my scene is like somebody trying to set me up with Rachel and her. Not a bad scene. Oh, <laughs> just meeting and hanging out, uh, albeit briefly, with Jennifer Aniston was like I couldn't. I was beside myself because oh, that was my, that was one of my favorite shows at the time, and she was my favorite character on that show. Like she was an actress that when she, uh, I had a crush on her back when she was like she was on a sketch show with Tom Kenny. Oh uh, my gosh! Yeah, on Fox, uh, The Edge. Right. Okay. Uh, yeah, she was on that sketch show, and I thought she was funny and cute then. So like when she when Friends started, I was already familiar with her and and most of the other cast. You know, most of the cast members I had seen and other stuff and yeah. liked, and but they, they you know they all came into their own on, on that show. But um, so like I wouldn't 
I wouldn't demote any of them, but I, that sure would that sure man. would be a neat job to be yeah, not too to be uh, on that show. I was on How I Met Your Mother, and I wouldn't. I mean, I, of course, I'd want to be a regular on How I Met Your Mother, but the way they make How I Met Your Mother isn't as fun to me as how they made Friends, because Friends is you know they just shoot the whole thing in front of an audience, and you know they do scenes over again and change tweak some lines and stuff, mm-hmm. but they basically you know do it like a super super long play on a, on a Friday night after like. Oh, the cast was only each of them was only there like half days for like two or three days <laughs> that so week. Crazy. Yeah, that like they had such a such a cake schedule, you know. And then tape day takes forever, but they they were really good at that. Was my most fun. The best part of doing that was they do every week. They'd all go into the makeup room because some of the girls would still be having their hair done, and they just it would be just the cast and one person from the crew and the guest actors would just go into the makeup room and just run the whole show. Oh, that's so exciting. So I got so to just exciting. be in the room while everybody's running their lines. And I just, oh I'm just i just waiting for my couple lines to come up. <laughs> that's awesome. Yeah. And one of my lines is, isn't particularly funny. And uh, Lisa Kudrow and Matthew Perry like rolled their eyes and looked at each other like, you know, like, oh. like they were disgusted with the writing. Oh. And I was just like, I was so happy to be there. <laughs> and then I, I say my line and they're like, really? That's what you're, you know, they were like. That's what they come up with? That's what, that's what they decided. Decided you're going to say, but uh, what a fun place to be a fly on a wall! Oh my god! Yeah, it was really because I, you know, I didn't see that coming. Like even even being on the show, I went and auditioned, and it was one of those auditions where they only brought in like three people for the part because it started working that afternoon. Oh wow! So I, I, you know, I went in, said my couple lines. Uh, You know, they laughed, and then they they said, "Just wait out in the hallway." And then, like a few minutes later, they came and you know brought me back in and told me that I was the one. And then, like, uh, I went from there over to the soundstage to rehearse the scene with (laughs) with Jennifer Aniston. Whisk me away! (laughs) Here I am in Oz. So weird. (laughs) That's crazy. Yeah. Oh my gosh! Um, you know, and you get to go out and take a bow with them at the end. But how I met your mother when I did that, I got there on the set at like seven in the morning. They put me in my costume. My my, I was playing a TSA uh, worker, and uh, and then they uh, you know t- uh, put me in makeup and then took me over to the set. We rehearsed the scene a couple of times, and then we shot it. And I was I was out by like you know I was there at seven a.m. and out by like eight thirty a.m. But that whole show, they just shoot everything and then show it to an audience, and then that's how they get the laugh track. Yeah, gotcha. And so it's shot almost like a, you know, it's more like a film or a, uh, a filmed TV show. So that, to me, like, I could see why. Isn't that show ending? Yeah, it's the last yeah. season. I could see why they all love doing it, but would, like, be perfectly happy to stop right. doing it. Well, they got yeah. six or seven seasons out of it, and like, the, the whole last season is just the wedding. It's like the whole thing takes place in one forty-eight hour period. No, really? Oh, I'll watch that. Whoa, that sounds that it's sounds a great yeah. choice. Conceptually, pretty cool. Yeah. So basically, some of the guest actors that would have just been on one episode are on like most of it. Oh because yeah, they're consistent. Oh my gosh, can you um, imagine the extra work for that to be in like a party scene in the same outfit for? A whole season. A whole season. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. Yeah, there's gonna be. They got They're gonna have to have those people that yeah. do that. Yep. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay. If marijuana, I don't think I ever answered your question. Really, you said you'd be on Friends, and you don't want to demote good. people, which I respect about you. This speaks of a good heart. <laughs> I was hoping you would have some seed of evil. <laughs> like, yeah, I know. Like, take down a notch. There's um, shows like that. Like, you know, like. Uh, 
there was that you know that character on Taxi that was on like the first season, and then the second season he wasn't around anymore because everybody was so great on that show, and he was just kind of a nothing character. Not no fault of that actor, yeah. but then you also never saw that actor again, really. Yeah, it was like the one kid on Family Matters. Oh, that just the, disappeared. Gone. I'm and sad then, because Hattie on uh, Parenthood has been removed. Basically, she went to college, but. They found a way to make everybody else that went to college. Which one is her? She was, uh, her last name is... <laughs> Which one she is? Ramos. <laughs> Michelle Ramos or Sa- oh, Sarah Ramos. Sarah Ramos? Yeah. This character just went off to college and you and, just don't even see her? Yeah, she went off and she came back uh. for like two episodes last season, like a holiday episode. Um, and this season, we're four episodes in and they haven't even mentioned her. Well, it's like Kelly McDonald on Boardwalk, though I'm a couple episodes behind, but the first three or four of this new season, she's even though she's in the opening credits, I have not seen... A frame. I, of- I, I don't watch that show, but the <laughs> scene that I watched this season, she was in. All right. well, oh. I'm glad that she's coming back, if, if only to be there for a little bit. But, well, but also, like her character just really started to bug. So um, I think that might be one of the reasons they basically wrote her off. Um, I thought yeah. Sarah Ramos was great the whole time, um, so it was sad, but it's okay. Mm-hmm. I'm sure she's doing fine. She's sort of, isn't she? Sort of. Uh, Nucky's conscience a little bit like isn't she what makes him really in the first season and half of the second season like they had a chance to really make her like a really f- cool like Lady Macbeth kind of character because like you know she was just like like his pity project in a sense and he really cared for her and then she started to figure out well, who he really is and what he did and then covered it up for a while and then her conscience just started bugging her and then she then she became like this almost like a harpy in the second season where you're just like oh now you're, she's just being a hindrance to Nucky being able to do anything, and you know Nucky's the protagonist, so she kind of just got in the way. And then yeah, it's the, the Skyler syndrome. Skyler, yeah, that's what I was just <laughs> thinking. Exactly. <laughs> Poor Skyler. Uh, yeah. She got a lot of hate mail. So supposedly. much hate. Yeah. I know. Ever, death threats. Oh my gosh. That's crazy. That's insane. <laughs> People are so crazy, and that like for a female character they become a harpy or whatever. It's like come on, whatever. It's a different. That's a different issue, but they're always those. Characters just trying to do their thing, and then they get hidden. Mm. Rest in peace, everyone. But they're probably still alive. We don't know. Uh, if Pot was an animal, what would it be? It's <laughs> uh, a thinker, too. What's a really, what's a really mellow animal? <laughs> oh, maybe like a Siamese cat? <laughs> Ooh, I like it. Just kind of Loris. squinting at life and walking around, just being chill. <laughs> you know, springs to action when necessary, but or when it or when it might be fun. Yeah, when it could be cool. It's like if you go and you see a koala like at the zoo, like they don't ever move. They're just sitting on that tree, same ah. spot the entire time. You can watch them for twenty minutes. You'll not even see them like scratch yeah. themselves or do anything. Yeah, if they do something, it's eating a leaf. Yep. So that's, an, so that's another that's good exciting one. day and yeah. which is why there's this cartoon from the early 80s called Quickie Koala that is the most hilarious concept in the world to me because <laughs> it's this koala bear that moves so fast he's like teleporting all over the place which Quickie Koala Quickie Koala he's Quickie <laughs> Koala it's just the funniest concept to me in the world and it's lost on everybody because I don't think anybody just thinks about the fact that koalas are like so sedimentary and they barely ever move and they have no energy and they're nocturnal. Or maybe they're not very, like, hungry to have that turned on its head. <laughs> like, the perception of a koala. <laughs> the idea wow, what they did with teleporting around. <laughs> oh, my favorite thing ever. They've um, also got, like, crazy tight grip, right? Yeah. yeah. Like, the people don't want to have a koala whole, you know, like, the and idea of hugging claw. a koala seems so nice, but they would. Right. And they're apparently not very nice. Hurt you, either. yeah. Not yeah. very friendly. Um, 
There's two more, and they're not too hard. If you could do any other form of interruption other than with a comic or a movie, what would you ideally interrupt? It could be a musician or a politician or anything at all. <laughs> I guess, uh, you know, it'd be get, fun to get in there and yell shit at Congress. <laughs> Congress interruption. <laughs> I think everyone would really feel good about that, too. It's called the Benson filibuster. Yeah, yeah. I mean, watching some of those things on, uh, you know, on the, on the uh, C-SPAN or whatever is like, the way that each of them, you know, gives their speeches and it never gets he- particularly heated, and you know, oh they, yeah, they talk for so long and it, like, I, I, you know, at, sometimes I feel sorry for politicians because uh, they got to sit through a lot of boring shit. I don't. It feels like not what people signed up for too. When you're watching it, it's like, oh my gosh, it's so dry and horrible. Yeah. It's because in movies, it's the there's always the somebody going like, "Will the senator from yeah. Carolina yield? Will you yield, sir?" And it always turns into that. <laughs> they had a lot more fun. Like in the movie yeah. Lincoln, they're really everybody's really getting into it. Like yep. it's a sporting event. <laughs> and then you watch today, and it's just like boring. Like you know, wh- when anything interesting happens, that's what you know. That's what we see in clips yeah. on, on news shows. You know, so we don't, we don't have to sit through all of that you know like they call roll all the time and stuff right. <laughs> always doing votes this. where they just go one at a time through everybody and like again in lincoln they're like cheering with each vote right. yeah but i don't think that happens now no. <laughs> we're not so exuberant um this is your final question mm-hmm. you've angered a wizard and you have to choose between one of two punishments either you can never see a movie again in your life or you have full control of whatever media you watch, but you're required to work as an extra three days a week for the rest of your life. Wait, what? <laughs> you can so never no, see a movie. Yeah. Or you can see movies whenever you want, but you have to work as an extra for three days a week, every week, forever. I'd do that. Wow, you love movies. Yeah. It's true. What you <laughs> yeah, say is I'm not true. Gonna, I'm not going to give up my movies. And, and, you know, being an extra... Uh, I, you know, be a sad demotion at this point in my life, but it's also it's something I did a lot of for yeah. for for a few years, and it's it sustained me in in Hollywood. Like it kept me, you know, able to stay at it and you know build up a stand up comedy act and start doing that. You're probably so, gonna have to do one less podcast if you if you take that deal. Right. You're gonna no, have to take something off the plate. See now this deal. I wish this was a real deal now because I could podcast while being an extra. There's oh, so much yeah. downtime. Bring a couple microphones. And it's a you rich know, either get one of the stars too. to come talk to me or talk to another extra. You See, could do you, you could do a, a spin-off man. podcast called Doug Loves Background Work. Yeah. <laughs> and that's what'll come through. <laughs> well, you did it, Doug. You, you did made it all podcast. the way through. Thank you. Thanks for being on. Uh, people should check out Doug Loves Movies as well as Dining with Doug and Karen, which is on the Nerdist Network. Uh, and they I'm can follow you Doug um, with High. Yeah, that's yep. every Wednesday at four fifteen PST. Uh, I sit down with a different person of note and uh smoke with them it's we're so trying to get to we're watch. trying to get stephen hawking to do it <laughs> <laughs> oh that would be amazing a coup no it's just gonna be a bunch of comedians but <laughs> john lithgow but it's still yeah i don't know i don't think he smokes but because uh, because that's the deal is you have to smoke yeah. if you come on the show so like i've already gotten a no from a few of my friends that don't want to do it on camera yeah because they have kids and stuff so uh but Eric Andre is going to be on tomorrow. Oh, that's awesome. And, um, yeah, Sarah Silverman's coming up soon. And, yeah, I love 
I love I love doing it. I love podcasting, <laughs> <laughs> and I love uh, pop culture. There you go. So thanks for having That's me. That's a yeah, good tombstone right there. <laughs> <laughs> I love pop culture. And then you guys can run in and write in my, right, right. In, in between. These are weird scribble, new promotions. Scribble it on my tombstone. <laughs> Got him. We can put this on the website nice. for sure. You can also follow Doug on Twitter at Doug Benson. Uh, I'm at Cole Stratton. I'm at Vanessa Rabbit. The podcast is at PMC Podcast. Thank you guys for listening. And thank you, Doug. Woohoo! Subscribe to the Pop My Culture Podcast on iTunes. Check us out online at popmyculturepodcast.com and follow us on Twitter at PMC Podcast. Thanks for listening.